Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford. And today in this episode, we are going to be talking about email and how to apply it to your business and ultimately so you can grow and scale it. I have a wonderful guest, Doug Van Buskirk. He's not just a guest, he's a friend of mine, and he is an absolute veteran when it comes to all things direct response, marketing, and consulting. He's the owner of a company called Zen Moon Media. Essentially, it is a retention marketing agency that helps strengthen D2C e-com brands by increasing their conversion, brand loyalty, and LTV. The amount of nuggets that is dropped in this episode is absolutely mind-boggling. I asked Doug to bring the value, and he did. Uh, You literally will need a wheelbarrow to carry out all the golden nuggets from this episode. Even if you're not in e-com, he talks about all things email marketing, SMS. You really want to pay attention, get a pen and paper, and let's get into this one. All right, let's get it. I have a question for you. If you had a machine that you could put $1 into and get $2 back out or more, how many dollars would you spend? How many dollars would you put into the machine? Well, recently I've written a book called Direct Response Secrets where I show you how to spend $1 on any advertising medium and get $2 back or more, essentially creating this machine inside of your business. I'm giving you the step-by-step process on how to implement this, all the systems, all the processes. We've done it for over 22 brands, generating over $60 million in online sales, and you can get it just for buying my book. Go to getdrsbook.com. That is getdrsbook.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the episode. We have Doug Van Buskirk with us, and he is someone that I look up to when it comes to copywriting and email and all things direct response. I can't remember how many, Doug, how many emails I've sent you or messages say, hey, look at my copy for me. (laughs) So as great as I think I am, I'm not the best at everything. And uh, and Doug is really good at identifying uh, holes in my copy, and he specializes in email and uh, he's just become uh, a great friend of mine. So welcome, Doug. Great to be here, man. It's been awesome uh, kind of being parallel with you on this on this journey of yours. I love what you put together here, and, and uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, man, I appreciate you so much. So let's give uh, the people a little bit of context on how you got started on your journey, and, and what does that look like? How'd you, how'd you stumble into marketing, man, and copywriting of all things? So the, you know, for me, the, the journey starts way back in 2012, the Stone Ages. Yeah. And and so uh, actually, funny enough, my first business was not online. It was uh, my first business was flipping mobile homes here in Charleston. Really? I didn't know. That. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, had a lot of success, like right out of the gate with that and uh, decided to create a training program with with a partner of mine. And so, of course, like in the midst of that, someone had to, you know, one of us had to learn how to market the course. And so <laughs> my mentor at the time. That's so, the important thing. We need that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, my mentor at the time gave me uh, Dan Kennedy's direct response, direct response marketing for non-direct response marketing businesses. Uh, absolute classic. Um, and, and like, I mean, from the page one, I was hooked. Like I, I, I love like Dan <laughs> 
style and just like take yeah. no prisoners and no no BS, which is like his whole, you know, that whole brand yeah. thing. Every every time I read anything from Dan, I'm like, yeah, he's, he would yell at me if he was here in person. <laughs> I know. It's but I am God. getting smarter, so I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, it, it's like half, I mean, I'm learning a lot at the same time as I'm enter constantly entertained. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, let's talk. Um, awesome. That, that pretty much kind of was my jump off point. I just started devouring all the courses, all the books, you know, that, that I could possibly get my hands on um, and ended up, you know, writing the long form sales page for this, you know, for this course, the emails, the Facebook ads, the upsells, all that stuff. And just, just like, you know, there's something about, I think, starting with your own business where I had an intimate knowledge of the product. So, so that was already like in place. And then- um, I took, it took me a long time, but I was, but I was willing to, because I was investing in some longer future for myself. And so I yeah. was, I was just trying to knock out the, the sales page and be done with it. I wanted it to be perfect. And I probably spent like 10 times more time than, than <laughs> you should or than I would now on the sales page, but yes, yeah. I can learn. And so, 100%. yeah. And, and so these things we were running, you know, cold traffic to the, you know, to, to the landing page and stuff. Um, and selling the course, coaching, membership, all that stuff. And it did pretty well. And so I thought pretty much, why not do this for other businesses? And so, you know, over the years, and I'll kind of skip through most of this middle, middle part, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to it, but, but basically yeah. you know, and consulted on, you know, everything in the, uh, kind of direct response marketing world from, you know, webinars, Facebook funnels, cold traffic funnels, direct mail, emails, yep. sales pages, info products, physical products, like you name it. <clears throat> and uh, it was around, it's like towards the end of 2021 is where I really just thought, um, you know, I kind of dialed in just on email and retention marketing, basically. And for me, the reason behind that was I really saw like an asymmetric upside. You know, there are yeah. a lot of big successful companies and 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 this is this is specifically for direct to consumer e-com brands that I'm talking about, but it could yeah. be I mean there's a, it applies to a lot of different brands. And that, as well. that's who you service broadly Correct. mostly. Correct. Yeah. And so you know, I was looking at these companies that were doing seven figures, eight figures a year in sales and yeah. they were making some really simple mistakes and missing some very yes. things with um, you know, either with their lead gen or with what, what they were doing with emails. Like I have a, a test email account that I just went and opted into all of these. You know, I bought a list of like Shopify plus stores, opted into all of these, uh, yeah. you know, see what was, what they were doing, get a lay of the land. And I was just like, man, I could come in and do changes, <laughs> transform their business and look like, look like an absolute rock star. Yeah. And to me, it was like the path got so clear and like, yeah everything just kind of like came into focus for me. And so that was 2021. And that was the start of my agency, which is Zen Moon Media. And so we're a retention marketing agency. And the kind of the big picture of what we do is we build out ecosystems for, you know, using email, SMS and direct mail. And the idea is just to convert yep. customers, engage them and retain them. Because as, as you know, like, you know, as a, as a paid ads man and direct response guy, it's like, it's the, the game is the lifetime value game. Yeah. Um, the more, you know, the, the higher you can stretch that on the back end, well, what's the more uh, profitable you're going to, but you're also going to streamline your, go ahead. 
Oh, sorry. I just reminded me of Dan Kennedy, the one who can spend the most to acquire the customer wins. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and that's exactly it, because now you have all this flexibility on your front end with paying, yeah. you know, paying traffic if you know uh, what to expect on the back end and how right. to you know continually increase that number over time. So that's that's kind of the my backstory in a nutshell. Dude, and this is why I reach out to you. You've done a lot of things, man. <laughs> You're changing the world. Uh, you know, one email sequence at the time at a time. When you look at email as a whole, Doug, what is like some of the most common problems you see in brands? So I'm thinking from the listener's perspective, they're probably like, dude, this guy knows a, a ton about copyright marketing. Zach better ask him some good questions to get us <laughs> some info. Like, what are some of those common mistakes you see from an email marketing perspective and how can we fix those as business owners? Because you said you have this account where you, you've subbed into all of these, these emails and you were like super underwhelmed. And I, and I see this from an ad perspective. I see this from a funnel perspective. You think just because they're making money that they have some sort of like secret system figured out, but they're just neglecting it most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And there's there's also a difference between making sales and making money. They could be, you know, <laughs> touche, touche. Yeah. So that's what happens if you have no back end. But, um, you know, so in terms of common mistakes, I, I'm going to say this caveat. I won't repeat it throughout the whole, you know, throughout our our time together. But there is there, there are going to be differences based on industry. So if you're selling a course or um, coaching or something like that, it's different than if you're selling a physical product. So if you're in the e-com space and you actually have something that you can ship to someone that they hold in their hands is different than if I'm just yep. sending you, you know, pixels on a screen more or mm -hmm. less. So mm -hmm. that being said, um, sp specifically for e-com brands, one of the biggest mistakes is not sending enough automated emails because people get on your site and they start browsing products and, uh, you know, adding to cart and, and starting checkout and all of these types of things. And these are behaviors that your ESP, like normally would be Clavio, would, you know, should be tracking and then mm -hmm. triggering. So if somebody has, let's say a past customer has viewed a product, uh, yeah. but not ended up moving further in the funnel by adding to cart, well, that's an opportunity. They've, they've indicated some level of intent. And so that's an opportunity for you to follow up with them appropriately. And that would be um, you know, so, so we can talk later on in, in, in our chat, we can talk more about the nuances of that, but um, yeah, the, the automated email, yeah, it makes, the automated it makes emails sense. are just their assets, their long-term assets for your business. So if you think of yeah. like, um, they're just running in the background, collecting data, you can optimize as you see fit or not. I have a lot of clients that, you know, either in the early days when we would do one-off builds for, for clients, you know. I set stuff up in, in as early as 2021 and clients haven't touched it. And, they, you know, some of these five email flows have, have made $300,000, $400,000 for them. I after. love that, man. It's like you the know? set and forget. Uh, when I'm dealing with uh, clients as well and I'm talking to and just entrepreneurs in general, I'm like, when they've seen that they've tried absolutely everything, and I'm sure you, this is what you were talking about with the level of volume, like, oh, we've tried everything with email. And it's like, well, have you <laughs> have you done all the things? And it's uh, my, the biggest hack that I have for for ads, test more. Like that's a, that's a giant hack. It's like do more volume. And I, I think that it just yeah. goes in line. You get more opportunities to close deals. You learn, you get more data. You can uh, improve upon that and ultimately close more deals and get more sales, man. That's that's absolutely awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I, I will tell you a couple other ones that sure. come to mind that are really important because I, you know, I'm auditing accounts all the time of, of, you know, and, and it's a lot of the same mistakes that you made. And another one is yeah, not, am, not, not, not segmenting. And so they're just sending, you're sending to all the subscribers on your list. You're not worried. You know, you're talking to yes. everybody the same way. That's half. Yes. The Do you ever buy something from somebody and then you get an email selling you the thing you just bought? You're like, dude, I just bought this. I don't need this email. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And it kind of shows that, you know, it, it, it communicates being out of touch, but, and, and it's, it's, it's a way to definitely like throw uh, water on the heat of the relationship <laughs> like early on, you know? Right. Because what I've found out is that people want to be seen and they want to be heard. And if you're that, like, that seems like a small mistake, but that makes them just feel like a number and like another thing. And it's a very personal process buying from you, from their perspective. So you need to think from their perspective and doing that segmentation is absolutely key. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so one that, I mean, this is a big, this is a broader conversation. It's not just an email problem, but like <laughs> not having, not putting very much thought into the messaging or having much nuance of the message. Like I was just yeah. audited an account uh, in the last couple of weeks where on the website in the, in the hero section or darn, like darn close to it, it was like calling out um, quality and customer service, just that abstractly. Like they're okay. Yeah. Cause we know what that means. Know, and, like, <laughs> and so, so yeah, you, you definitely want to sell quality products and you definitely want to give great customer service, but we're taught like, this is like the most hyper sophisticated buyers, in the whole world that live right now that you're talking to. So like, yeah, uh, they you expect know, that already. <laughs> exactly. That's assumed. And so unless you have like some unique mechanism behind your quality that no one else has, and you can use as a differentiator or, you know, or something along those lines, just yeah. kind of saying platitudes that sound like, a you know, core values of a big brand or something like that. Like, yes. It, um, integrity. One time we build our stuff. It comes from our factory. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, nobody cares, man. What's in it for me? And how exactly. do I get it faster and get to my goals and my results? <laughs> exactly. And then um, one last one I'll throw out there because this sure. is the whole basis of it. I is, love it. This is especially for e-com stores, but but it, 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 it can apply across the board, but having a pop-up in place, like, or, or the mistake would be not testing, not testing a pop-up, not yeah. asking for an email very directly and prominently. And then not testing your different offers to see, you know, what's going to make sense. And, 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 and something I'll point out there is that it, you got to really look at like second and third order numbers. So if I, if a pop-up comes up, let's say I'm testing two offers on a pop-up and one converts it at 6% and the other converts at 4%. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you ask a lot of people, well, what's the winner there? They would say the 6% one, obviously. And, but the real answer is you don't have enough information to know because that's then happens what do those six percent then do uh in terms of purchase you know purchase behavior over time and how like how quickly do they make their first purchase how, what's their ltv over yes number of days oh stuff like that God. doug i get this question all the time i like is my cost per click too high and it's like well that depends yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like i will pay ten dollars a click if it converts to a sale and i'm making a hundred dollars all day long but I, I don't want to pay 30 cents per click if it's not converting. So it really depends in understanding that conversation. How do you look at that data from an email standpoint and understand what that looks like? Are you basically just going into Klaviyo saying, okay, this is what it's converting at, and then looking at some sort of tracking to identify what's converted? 
How does that look? I'm gonna, try, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna basically back it up to like revenue per form. Oh, you're awesome, dude. Like, like, hey, get a pen and paper. This guy is dropping some nuggets for us <laughs> today. I, you said you were coming to bring the value, and uh, I appreciate you, brother. I knew you'd bring it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if 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 you just hit on those things that we just talked about, which are you know, beefing up your automated emails, using segmentation, which we can unpack a little more. Um, here later in our chat and then sure. making sure you're prominently asking for for the sale, which in this case is just an email. But you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and testing different ways to do that. Because the thing about top of funnel is that's where your highest leverage is. Because if you can just increase your you know pop-up opt-in rate by 20 or 30 percent, then everything yes. if you don't change anything else, then your results should increase proportionally. And if you did then optimize with better automated emails and better messaging. Uh, and and yeah. things along this nature, it's going to be like as as the Jay Abraham would say, like geometric business growth. You know, hundred percent. And this is where I'm obsessed on focusing. It's like so I've been known as like the ads guy, and I'm slowly getting into the direct response guy because that's equally as important. Like people are so focused on the metric, and don't get me started on metrics. People are like keeping all these metrics because they've been told, hey, you need to know your numbers. But that doesn't mean know every single number on the planet about your business because you're going to like, your mind will explode. And I have so many people being like, what's a good click-through rate? What's a good, day? like all these like little things. And I'm like, well, those are all great questions. I think you're asking the wrong question. How do we get more conversions is the question we want. <laughs> like what numbers are associated with that? And how do we focus with that? Yes, we will get more clicks and we should be testing that. But is that ultimately going to grow and scale your business? If not, what are we talking about? <laughs> and, and, and I'll give you a great example just about uh, the that pop-up form variation as we just, and this is just with a recent client that, sure. that came on over the summer. They had a pop-up offer that was, it was basically enter your email and you'll be, you'll be entered to win a hundred dollar gift card to our store. And so what we, you know, which is interesting. I think it's an interesting offer, but it, what I wanted to do was just test it against the the tried and true 10% off your first order. And then we created a certain threshold to usher people to the first product we wanted them to buy. And we ended up, let's see, let, let me, let me try and remember the numbers off the top of my head. We ran these, you know, AB test and, and I created, you know, a separate welcome series that presented that discount then as well, since the original welcome series didn't. And yeah. we ended up getting 80% higher opt-in rate with this 10% off uh, oh. versus uh, entered to win a hundred dollar gift card. And of the people that came in, it was six, it was six X. So was, yeah, it was six X revenue per recipient. So that means it was basically their pop-up, e pop-up and welcome ecosystem increased by 10 X. That's a, you know, 900% increase. Yeah. And so, so why That's would that be? Well, because someone who was opting in for a gift card is not demonstrating any purchase intent. They're just seeing if they can, I mean, it doesn't mean they aren't a buyer, but they're just trying to see maybe they can get lucky and get some free stuff versus there's absolutely yeah. no value to you to have a 10% coupon code to a store that you have no intention of purchasing at. I love it. I absolutely love it. What popped in my mind was market conditioning as well. Like if you, I have yet to go to a, uh, a website and I go to a lot of websites and say, here, here's a free gift card. That's kind of like, that's a, that's a odd thing to, to see. Even though from an offer perspective, it's like, wow, that's super generous. But you go, how many sites do you go to and then say 10%? Yeah. Like, so I mean, there might be something there as well. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I, 
that could be its own kind of that psychology could be its own podcast. But I think it's like, yeah, you know, like meeting people's expectations for sure. You know, it's like kind of the same thing. Like you think, you, you know, some people, they don't want to give a di- or some brands don't want to give a discount or they're worried they're going to bother people with the pop up. But it's like it's this day and age. It's that's what's happening, like across the board. It's just like you wouldn't be afraid to send an email on Black Friday promoting a sale. It's yeah. like that's what people are expecting. They're opening their inbox, looking They're for literally waiting for that email. They're like, I've been watching you all year. I want to get my discount. Let's go. <laughs> and it could be the same when someone comes to your site. They want something on your site. They're like, where's this damn pop-up? hundred percent because they're used to it and you're basically conditioned. So I see, um, well, I can't remember where I first heard the concept of like, uh, maybe it was Russell Brunson, but it's like a uh, pioneer gets arrows in his back essentially. So it's like, Yes, you want to differentiate yourself and, and how you operate in your business. But if you're trying to do something so fundamentally different than everybody else, the market might not be ready for it. They might just be like, ah, this is way too... Now, you could have the opposite effect and they absolutely love it. And I think that's where testing really comes into play and you got to identify. But that that's super cool, man. That's got my marketing mind just kind of... It's so interesting. Human beings in general, that that whole... The psychology of, of why that works and how that puts together and... And look, at, you're, you're coming into this client and you're like, hey, did you try the 10%? They're like, oh yeah, that's what everybody's doing. And you're like, so let's just try it. And then they get 10X the result. So you look like an absolute hero and uh, they feel great because they've hired you and they're able to get the result and the market feels happy because all they wanted was 10% and they're ready to buy right away. <laughs> and that's and, so, and that's just, we're just talking about the lift on the front end. Now all those people are going through the whole ecosystem on the back end of driving the second and third sale. And so- there's, I mean, upside's huge, and this, and it's there. For, I've yet to audit a, a, a brand's account where I didn't find something huge and glaring that was six-figure upside annually. And most of the time, it's yeah. it, it, it significantly more than that. But yeah, no, hundred percent. And most of the time, it's not this like groundbreaking thing either. It's not this complex funnel. It's like doing the fundamentals, shifting it, making sure things are in place. Like I know when I, I had a, I don't know if you knew this, but I had an e-commerce business for a while and like, I was just so busy doing like orders and cash flow management and stuff. Like I didn't really think about the marketing. I thought about my one ad that was driving the sales and like, that was it. (laughs) Ah, Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely. Even, even for the brands that have, you know, we work with some brands that are, you know, global brands, you know, headquarters in Europe, stuff like that. And then some other, you know, we've got one one brand that's more of like a mom and pop kind of thing. But regardless of size, whoever's kind of thinking about marketing has too much on their plate. It's it's a, that, That's the one unanimous thing. I don't care if it's a two-person company or a two-person company. Whoever's in charge of marketing is like, feels like they can't do it all. 100%. And I even feel this way in my business at times. So that's why I simplify everything to like an absolute brain dead process that probably... Uh, my daughter could implement into my business and still understand the fundamentals of it. Because if I get too complex, I get, and how many things can you do to grow a business? Oh, wow. There's a lot of things you can do. And being an entrepreneur uh, and most entrepreneurs that I know, they're like, Ooh, shiny thing. Ooh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. So it sounds like you're coming in and, and it's funny. It's because kind of how we connected too, man. It's like, you're, you're coming in and being like, look, they're, you're doing these things. That's great. Let's just try some fundamentals. Let's implement that. Does that make sense? And you're keeping them on track and keeping them organized versus like fundamentally shifting the way uh, emails are sent or something like that. It's not like some sort of technology thing. It's 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 the 
I don't want to use the word basics because they're not basic, they're advanced, but they are the principles. That's yeah, and I, I, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Whether you have, you know, whether you sell your own products or whether you're a service provider for another company that does, is that it's and and, and this I'm not going to take credit for this because I didn't come up with it, but the phrase innovate, or excuse me, imitate then innovate. Mm-hmm. So you know, coming in and and just like knocking everything down and starting, you know, starting from the ground floor and 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 trying to come up with brand new every, you know, strategies and concepts and trying to be novel just for the sake of being novel. Yes. Even if you're excellent and skilled, you know, it's, and it works, it's going to take a lot more time. But if you're not excellent and skilled and you're trying to be novel for the sake of it, it's going to probably bomb. And so you're just like, wait, you know, your life will be simpler and, and more prosperous if you just kind of follow some of the best practices, even if they aren't sexy and exciting. And even if, um, yeah. Well, it comes down to the end goal. What's the end goal? I remember sitting in front of a client and they're like, you can tell that they've been marketed too hard because they're telling me the benefits of this chat bot and this thing and all these different things and how great it is. And I was like, but how does it make us more money? Science. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, well, we just haven't got it to work yet. And I was like, Okay, well, instead of playing with that machine, what is working? Well, you know, this, these emails are working. Uh, this ad is working. This is okay. Let's, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. And like, that's exactly what I do is I just, I try to lead them down and be like, where is that value coming from? And why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? So I, I think that's important to know too. When you're looking at your business, you don't have to come up with the next Facebook, man. Like you don't have to come up with this like crazy technology. You can just simplify and in my book, I'm writing, I literally write, and I had someone ask me like, why did, why did you do this? But I wrote, uh, hold on, let me just pull it up quickly. It's uh, the obvious path, I think I called it. I, I give all these definitions at the beginning of the book. And essentially, I define obvious, and then I define complex. And <laughs> obvious is the path of least resistance. And complex is like the death of execution. Like those, yeah. and, and then it has nothing to do with marketing on the surface, but it has everything to do with everything in your life. If you can simplify it and you can look at the obvious way, why not take that path? I think as business owners, we are very caught up in what's new, what's exciting versus what works. Do you find that when you're working with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it is kind of how we're, wired as people just to be attracted to the new, you know, it's like a sort of almost like a survival mechanism, be attracted to yes. the new information and make sure you're aware because it could be a threat or it could be an opportunity for survival. So, so I think that we're kind of fighting our, our, uh, whatever lizard brain. Yeah. And marketers are just like, how can we exploit this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. This might be a good segue to uh, agreeable states in your copy. Do you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, obviously, um, we've talked about segmentation several times already now. And, and I think that one of the, that that's a key part of, uh, you know, putting people in an agreeable state with your copy, because you got to start where they are. And you mentioned, uh, what, what was it? Buying a product and then getting an email two days later that says, yeah, uh, you know, you should try this product. Like here are all the, you know, here are all the reasons why and stuff. And so not only does it it come across, uh, you know, it comes across out of touch, basically. So, so like with the segment, what what you would want to do is, you know, that's going to let you really kind of dial in your your message and your copy and your offer and your angle based on 
um, you know, based on what you know about them. So it's almost like uh, it kind of makes me think of the, you know, like cold reads on people. And so you can know, you can get one kind of piece of information about someone or a collection of information about someone and, yeah. and extrapolate into what that can mean. And and, and I'm going to give you uh, an example as far as that goes. In, before so, we get into that, Doug, can you just tell explain what um, segmentation, uh, segmentation is? Just from yeah. the first, let's say they have no idea what that means. Because uh, I know there's people that are listening to this that just have like a list <laughs> and they just email and that's it. What is segmentation and uh, what should they look for? Yeah, so segmentation is just breaking your your master list down into subgroups that all share certain traits. And those traits could be behavioral in terms of what have they kind of what, what have they done on your website? Um, you, you know, viewing products, adding the cart, stuff like that. What have they done with your emails? Have they opened and clicked in the last X number of days? <clears throat> or they could just be, yeah, so say behavioral or uh, maybe it's just behavioral or behavioral. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could oh, look at interacting with the list. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if and then wanted organizing them into cohorts. Correct. And, and, and I mean, I, like <clears throat> one thing that wouldn't be behavioral would be like geographic data. So if you knew that you don't do free shipping into Canada, uh, yeah. And if you're a U.S. business, then you would want to have a segment of Canadian folks who are excluded from any free shipping uh, offers. So, so, so there's some of that, but a lot of it ends up being behavioral, especially when we're talking in the context of um, putting people in an agreeable state in the copy. Yeah, and so I'm excited about that concept. What is, what is that? How do you do that from an email perspective? So you have your list segmented, and then what do we uh, what do we implement into our businesses to get them in that agreeable state because we want them in that state because that's when they buy <laughs> yeah no doubt so so first thing is like I, I mean i will almost always do this if we're sending you know if we're sending a, a specific segmented email we're going to we're going to acknowledge whatever that criteria is that got them in that segment so you've placed an order in the past, you know, this is kind of rough, <laughs> rough wording, but like you've placed an order in the past, you, <laughs> you bought something during Black Friday last year. And and that would be like the start of it to get them saying, okay, all right, yeah, I, I, I did do that. And then you would then bridge that into, so you bought something Black Friday last year, we figured you'd probably want to do it again. But, it, you know, and so we wanted to give you early access this year because we expect our most popular products to sell out. Here's what you purchased last year. Yeah. If you want, if, if it was a hit, buy it again, give it to someone else for a gift, you know, and here's all the new stuff we've got. And so you're kind of like establishing something that they can't disagree with, which is you bought during Black Friday last year. And yeah. now you're connecting it to some new thing that is of their bet for their benefit and then yeah. transitioning into some type of pitch. Wow. That that's huge. Uh, especially from like a psychological level, you, because you're getting those micro commitments as they're reading it too, right? They're like, yes, 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 yes. And then you're like, here's the big deal. You know, here, here's the savings or here's the offer that we put together for you. It's hard for them to say no to that because they're in that agreeable state. I, I don't, I don't see that a lot, to be honest with you. I, I think that is a, that is super valuable because I, the emails that I see is buy now 10% off. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you another thing that with you know if you want to kind of get into a more advanced sure. level of this is you're late on us play, like playing on identity and so you might say something like let's say that we're about you know it's mother's day is coming up and we're creating some mother's day emails to promote whether it's new products or a deal or something like that 
we would we could create a segment of people who bought last year for Mother's Day and basically acknowledge that they bought last year for Mother's Day and at the and and weave into that copy like that they you know that they want to make an impression like they they understand how to make an impression with their gift they understand how to how to uh cre- you know create a truly memorable experience for their mom to to just give her a glimmer of a pr- of appreciation are that type of person she created for you you this is the type of person you are now there are these other people and they're just going to go ahead and get her a rose from the grocery store uh you, you know while they're picking up a bottle of wine or dinner or something like that they're you know and they're just going to mail it in but you're you know obviously you're not that kind of person because you were here last year buying a mother's day gift don't let her down this year <laughs> that's so great man that is so great because we are our identities right like we want to be in line with who we believe that we are and so if you look at that from a copy perspective, it's like, you know, if you're an outsider looking in, let's say you don't know anything about marketing, you're listening to that, you're like, and maybe a little manipulative, but it's not. You're literally helping them play into who they are and be the best version of themselves. That's why I say like the best marketing is literally just transformational. You're you're helping them achieve their goals because they need to get something from mom from Mother's Day. We need to bridge that gap. So if you're aligning with their, uh, who they are as a human being and they get to their end goal and their end result, it just makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about some other ways to put in an agreeable state, one of my favorite ones that, you know, all of these need to be used, you know, you can't use them every, with every campaign or anything. You got to kind of balance things out but one is to just get them smiling um whether and that doesn't have to be a laugh like it doesn't have to be like a joke but it's just something that elicits some positive feelings so maybe it's a a a, a f- kind of funny cheeky way of wording something and if you know if your email has like a hero section and header so be it or with your opening line on you know just something like that where it can bring down their walls increase affinity um like, uh, and I'll give you an example from one we just created, which was, uh, so we have a, a, a brand that sells advent calendars and, um, with their product inside. And so okay. they're doing, they're doing the pre-sale all through September. And so we've written the, you know, the last call emails. And so the last, so we have like a series of last call, like last call. And it was really the last call. <laughs> and then like one final one at night, but yeah. rather than just sending another kind of like really direct email, which a lot of times those last call emails are. Yeah. I, I was like just thinking about it and like we, you know, we're we're trying to get people to buy Christmas gifts, but it's September, you know, so there's like some uh friction as far as that goes. So yeah. it just came into my mind. I was like, I I I I rewrote uh was the night before Christmas, but in but <laughs> I did like all the uh like talking about their advent calendar basically. Oh that's and, awesome man. You know, and so it's just something where it was like you, you know, in the subject line was, we wrote you a poem. And <laughs> so it's just like, someone's, you know, people are going to like read that. And it's just, they're, they're going to kind of chuckle a little bit. Like they're going to read it and it's not going to feel like a marketing message. Probably no one's ever wrote them a poem yeah. to sell a product before. And, uh, you know, That's and so. great though, man. Yeah. Uh- I always think like if you can make them feel, you can make them buy. And that's how I look at from from ads. Like the greatest ads that I remember are always funny, sad, some sort of emotional hook. Like there's this uh, Under Armour commercial that I always talk about. And it's this uh, Michael Phelps um, commercial. Have you ever seen this commercial? Where he's like, what you do in the dark makes you shine in the light. And 
dude, I it like resonates with my identity so hard. So like he's swimming in his time and he's sad and then he just gets better and better and better and better and better and better. Eventually he wins his gold medals and it's like, wow. And I remember that commercial, like I, I don't know. I feel like a little kid watching Sunday cartoons. I see that thing and I just like, it's like, dude, it blows my mind. So I think having that uh, originality, a little bit, a little bit of flavor and, and kind of like that, the, the idea of rewriting uh, the Christmas Carol, like that, that's genius, man. And if this one person gets it and laughs, there's a good chance to like, this is funny. I should buy this for somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And, you know, and in that case, it was also a way to, it's like, how do we get people to feel the holiday vibes in September? <laughs> when still, they're probably yeah. like still wearing shorts and a t-shirt and stuff Don't like that. Don't look good side. Don't look good side. <laughs> exactly. Shut the blinds before you, that, that's the new subject line. Shut the blinds before you open this. <laughs> no, no. Okay, pretend like it's snowing outside. You could probably walk somebody through that. That would be hilarious. Wow. I'm, I think I I, I kind of want to use that subject line now. <laughs> Shut the blinds before you won't read this. Because <laughs> Christmas is coming early. That is what's yeah. up. Let's go. Oh, that's funny, man. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So we talked about uh, segmentation. We talked about agreeable states. What is your opinion on A-B split testing? What, how, how do you look at split testing and is it important? Uh, it's absolutely important. 100%. Um, <clears throat> you know, how do I, how do I look at it? I would say a lot in, in a lot of cases, you have to do it properly in a way like you have to kind of have systematic thinking to understand like isolating a variable that's one of the you know one of the biggest things that um biggest mistakes i see as far as a b testing goes is you know not isolating a variable it's like we sent you know we're, we're sending at different times uh to you know there, there's just too many things change between yes. that's not really a true a b test um yes uh, and 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 it leaves it so that you really have no idea you know, what new headline, new lead, new, you name it. Yeah. yeah. I, why do people get crazy like that? I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, it, can we blame Russell Brunson's 108? <laughs> yeah. They're literally going through the book and like, I don't have that one, but I got his new, uh, his linchpin one there. So I was just going to grab him, flip through it. I'm right. always buying his stuff. Cause I always learn one, one thing or another, but, uh, absolutely true. Like, again, that goes into the human nature of like, wanting to try all these things yeah, way yeah, too yeah. And, you, and you have like you, you know systemize it man we, we like i think we all get as marketers we all get like a muse where it's like an idea that we're just like we're, it's almost like we don't even really care what the outside world says we're so excited about this we know it's going to be a winner yeah. you know and, and that's where you can get and, and that's where you can get into trouble like generally as a marketer and and do stuff in a vacuum um but also if you're trying to a b test and you're switching too much and then you know, another thing with the testing, and this is something I got from Todd Brown, um, who love Todd Brown, by the yeah, way, love this had a super amazingly huge impact on, on me as a marketer, but test things that scream, not whisper. So, you know, the button, the, the button color is a classic example of a whisper test. Like, I mean, what, uh, what is the potential ceiling of a change in button color? Like as far as like lift or, 0.2% lift. It's been phenomenal. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, if you were to really think about just like effective hourly rate of yourself or your team and just like, isn't it like, how long would it take it for it to even be worth like our resources to, to, to change this? 
Um, so, but, but what, what type of things to do scream offer is always going to scream. Yeah. You are going to find a massively different, you know, response to massively yeah. different offers. And, and it's going yeah. to tell you something that you can, um, you know, learn basically. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some very ugly websites, not even funnels websites where you have to like hunt for the order button and people still buy because the offer is just right on point yep absolutely and uh you know testing the i think from an email standpoint as well you know there's a lot of conversation about plain text versus designed emails especially in the dtc ecom space yeah and and i came from a plain text background i had never participated in designed email until uh you know until a few years ago and i was definitely like a true believer as far as that went. And I've way come uh come off of off of thinking that's the only way. I use both in yes. I use both with almost every client. Um and plain text is plain text is a sleeper. Like if you if you are self running an econ brand and you're not sending some plain text emails, you are leaving a ton of money on the table. Like I like some of the best perform I mean it's crazy because it they, they're obviously like so short and so simple but some of these plain text emails the 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 every metric is unreal like the the click rate the click through rate as it's the different order rate it stands out in the sea of like the exact same designed emails over and over and mm-hmm. over again especially if it's coming from a person so like if you and this is something i'd recommend for everyone like if you're not in a guru type of business or situation, then every email is probably not going to come from a specific person. But still, you could. Every business has a uh, a face or someone who can, you know, a CEO, a president, a something yes. that that can write an email or you know, quote unquote, write an email here or there that gets sent. Like, hey, if you know, hey, it's Bill again, you know, and I wanted to like either share a story or. Just a just a quick reminder that we just released this product, and you can get you know get this gift of purchase when you buy. You know, yeah. and that's it. like it doesn't have to be a long novel of an email. These plain text emails are. Uh, it, it is not unusual for me to see a three times higher click rate on a plain text email that we send for a client um, versus their designed emails. That's insane, man, and it makes total sense. I think if if as a purchaser, as a consumer, I want to be seen and heard having the CEO of a company email me in a personal way, it's like, oh, they actually do care. It it like it cuts through all of the the fakeness of business and and it puts a face to it. And and we want to do business with with people we know, trust and like. It's that's a very simple but highly powerful technique that someone can implement to their business right now. Yep. 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 No no designer needed. No you don't even have to have a fancy you know, uh, ESP or anything like that. You just get it sent out there. Something's, you know, something's going to happen. Wow. Doug, dude, you're dropping so much value. How much time do you got? Do we got, got room for a couple more for me? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So you want to talk about, uh, building uh, brand loyalty through email. What does that look like? Cause you call your agency a retention agency. How does that play into brand? And as, as a listener, how do we implement something like this into our, our business? So 
That's a great question. Cause obviously like we've, you know, this whole conversation is an LTV conversation really is what it boils down to. And so, yep. you know, that brand loyalty is that, is at the, you know, the center of all that. So, um, this is on for a, a email SMS direct mail guy to say, but the, the number one thing to do for brand loyalty is has nothing to do with email follow-ups or what you're offering. It's having a quality product that people enjoy using and find it to, you know, find it to be easy to use. If you don't have that, there is not an email in the world that's going to save you. It, 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 not a copywriter in the world, not an, you know, not an ad media buyer. It's just not going to happen. You've got, do not skip that step. Build something great. <laughs> yeah. And I, and that, and that's pretty much never going to happen right off the, right out of the gate. You got to like get something out there and iterate yes. your way to it. Um, it's how, you know, it's what, like, I think it was Dan, you know, I've heard Dan Kennedy say, like, I, I was an overnight success. It took me 30 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> I love it. You know? I think about so, that quote quite often because I'm in the process of becoming an overnight success myself. <laughs> you know, kind of uh, parallel to that is is customer service. So just, so, you know, even as, as great of a product, as great as operations as you might run, you know, everything like that, there's still going to be issues that come up. And so, you know, yeah. the, interestingly, a customer service issue, you know, and, I, and this is kind of getting outside of the scope of what we're talking about here, but a customer service issue is an opportunity. How do you, you know, it, it, it's not really so much problem as it is an opportunity. How, how do you respond to that? That if, if someone has a problem and you respond in a way that, that they like and that they respect, that will build the brand loyalty, even if you send crappy emails, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. so, so that's not, it's kind of like, keep the main thing, the main thing It's your product and, and how you're treating your customers is tops. And that puts them in a frame where then they're receptive to yeah. some of the stuff that we'll, we'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, there's this quote, uh, like, so I did my like 16 personalities and I found out that I am a, um, oh, what's it called off the top of my head. Anyways, long story short, Oprah and I have the same, uh, personality. <laughs> so I started listening to some Oprah stuff. Cause I'm like, she's pretty successful. Maybe she sees the world a little bit differently. And she like, I forget what I was listening to, like a book, an audio book or something. And at the end, she's like, do you want to build a successful brand? Just be exceptional for a long period of time. That's how you build your brand. And I was like, boom, that is right on the money. That's exactly what you're saying. And the funniest, like you want to see a client just like go blank, stare at you, be like, when's the last time you picked up a phone and called your customer? I'm an online business. You're a business. <laughs> When's the last time you spoke to your customer? And I, out of the years of doing this, I must have asked that question, oh, four or 500 times. And I think one time somebody told me that they talked to their customer. So my biggest advice was take your main customers, pick up the phone. How are they buying your product? Why are they using your product? And understanding that. So it's all integrated to that brand and what we're trying to build. And it's like, so how do you be exceptional? This is the question that comes to my mind. And it's just like, what would you expect from someone you do business with? Do that thing <laughs> and always do that and make that your habit. And then once you, as the CEO, set that as a habit and as a tone, all your employees will then follow that suit. If you're the type of CEO that's like, oh, we'll do this sometimes and not all the time and then make exceptions, you're setting the tone for every transaction. I might've been on a little bit of a rant there, but hopefully oh, that, right. that ties in to to what we're talking about. So trying to just be exceptional. And so how do we do that with an email perspective, Doug? How do we become exceptional over time 
other than the uh, the customer service side of it? Yeah. So you know, it's I, we we just kind of mentioned like having someone who is the face of the brand that communicates personally with people uh, with the list. And so again, this doesn't have to be by by no means does it have to be every email, but it's still a regular kind of cadence that they're going to hear from, um, you know, the, whoever that whoever that, that face is. <clears throat> and what that does is like not only does it just feel different to get communicated, like to, to get an email from a person rather than a brand, it also yeah. opens the door for kind of more personal stories. So so like the the they could tell a customer story or or tell a story, you know, if it's the company anniversary that you get an email from the CEO, for example, that might yeah. tell you about the first customer, you know, their first day in business or their first anniversary and how different it was compared to this one, their eighth and, you know, and stuff like that. And so you can kind of share some of those stories and successes and make it make them they're more of a human connection. So it's yeah, not just I was just going to say, what about vulnerability? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some it, exactly. And 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 that's some of the like um, building kind of, you know, building in public type of thing. So if you are coming out with, you know, for example, like if you're coming out with a new product, like just like you did, in fact. I, you know, I'm in the process of doing it again. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. It works. So, you know, and people follow along and they just feel this like engagement and sense of ownership and participation in the process, even though all they might've done is read an email or saw a social media post or something yes. like that, um, but they feel bought in. And so that, that, that right there is, is, you know, that, that emotional pull is super important. Um, yes. As far, as far as that goes is is like because brand loyalty really is it's a becomes a relationship thing so are you consistent you know what i mean because you're just gonna the people you see every day or every week yeah. uh people that you tend to just be more comfortable with more familiar with uh, yes and, and, what and, and, what is your opinion on consistency because what i found with social media is that i had this like obsession on posting every single day regardless and I was getting to a point where I was running out of kind of ideas and things to post, even though that was a self-limiting belief that I had because Facebook only sees a small percentage of what I'm doing anyways, anyways, besides the point. But what I did is I took a break and then I posted a couple times a week and notice engagement goes through the roof versus every single day. And there's some people on the email camp that's like, you need to send an email every single day, regardless of what you're doing. And then there's some that's like, hey, just pick your cadence that you're comfortable with and growing. How do you sit on that? And when you're working with a client, how do we solve that? So it, this one, uh, this is the only time I'll say my caveat again. It really does depend what industry you're yes. in. Um, one person that comes to mind who does daily emails is fantastic is Chris Orzakowski. I've been getting his emails. Yeah, he's uh, just, I mean, you, he's got, he's definitely got some Dan Kennedy about him, you know, <laughs> uh, he's not afraid to tell it, tell it how it is. And he's yeah. all, he is a master at pulling, um, you know, personal stories and segueing them into something about, and he's got a lot of different irons in the fire agency and courses and newsletters and stuff like that. Um, but point is he, you know, you gotta be really good to send a lot of emails. It's, it's not just like, just, just send one every day. It doesn't even matter really what's in it. It's just set, you know, success is showing up. Like that's not really the case here. Like you're better off. Like you kind of alluded to sending, even if it's just once a week, I mean, you got to think like, First of all, what is what are your human resources and bandwidth like? So you got to think of you know if 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 it's just you and you're a brand owner or the guru yes. or whatever you're sending the emails you're you're writing and sending the emails yourself. Well, what can you reasonably 
commit to. Because the last thing you want to do is tell, send an email to your list that says, I'm going to be sending you an email for the next 30 days, breaking down this big problem you have, and then freaking sputter out after day three. Or something. I mean, how many, we've all seen it on like a social media challenge. But wait, buy my like, course, buy my course, please. <laughs> yes. Exactly. This is buy my course on following through and commitments. <laughs> I'll just send five emails instead of three. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, geez. exactly. No, so I think it makes, um, it makes sense, man. Yeah. But, but, but really just like finding, you know, it's like the balance of what can you commit to? Obviously if you outsource to an agency, so, uh, you know, brands that outsource to us, we're going to create as many emails as we, until we see like the diminishing returns, basically. Okay. That's what um, I wanted to get. You know, get that's to. from a, from a revenue standpoint for a bigger, bigger brand that, that would be, yeah. So I, I know it's different and, per uh, industry. So let's just say e-commerce, for example. How many emails roughly are you seeing those good returns, and when does it diminish? Versus, let's say, like a coach consultant agency side. Let's break that into two two groups. Do you do you have so, numbers on that? Or uh, I would say two. Like I mean, we're we're having to talk broad strokes here, but like I would yeah, of say, course. Of course. you know, two emails a week for an e-com business, I think is probably a good that's a good target there's more we've got we've got some and, and those are campaign emails um versus like building out automated emails and stuff like that and we've got some brands that are on like 12 to 15 emails monthly but that what what that does is it offers some more segmentation opportunities mm. so, so whereas they might like like we've worked with a cookware brand and so they are doing you know they're releasing new products they might have a, a clearance sale here or there mm -hmm. uh, you know there's recipes so, so there's different stuff that's happening throughout the month, maybe a holiday, and then maybe we want to just target non-customers with one email. Mm -hmm. So now, so that's something that is, I would say a little more advanced because that non-customer, that's an LTV play. Your non-customer email is not going to generate, it's not going to make the cash register go, you know, all day long because these are kind of like your worst subscriber, not your worst <laughs> subscriber, but in the sense they're your lowest potential subscribers. They've never yeah. transacted and yeah. so, but so the need, odds are very low in that that's going to work for it. Their AOV is probably going to be low, lower than, you know, existing customer and stuff like that. But it, it systematically, it needs to be part of your, your process because you need to be, you paid, you probably paid to get these people on your list. Yeah. So not sitting there as a complete waste of, of your marketing investment or, um, or you're going to convert them. And so like sending out some segmented emails like that, if you wanted to do, um, you know, there's, so, so there's segmentation opportunities as your volume increases, but sending, you know, one promotional and one kind of content or value-based email a week in e-com, I think is, uh, you know, I, th I think that is a, a nice sweet spot. Now the one, the, you know, the one thing I'll say there is you got to know when to get aggressive. Like, like, so you have, uh, you know, the Black Friday. Yeah, like I'm you know, exactly, and like I'm kind of dating myself a little bit with some of these book references because, well, like Gary V, Jab Jab Hook, Jab. Dude, I I was thinking that that's funny. We was going the same like because yeah, as you were yeah. talking that, uh, I think it was Alex Becker who the first time I heard that from, but he was like value, value, pitch, value, value, pitch, value, value, pitch. Is that like his process uh, for doing it? But like Gary V is the exact same thing. It's like that Jab Jab Right Hook. And so you could look at that in the micro, like. I send a value on Tuesday, value on Thursday, pitch on Sunday, or you could look at that in the macro, which is that September, October, I'm loading up with value. And yes. then November, I'm, I'm hooking. 
November, yeah. December, I'm coming in hot and I'm not worried about sending too many emails. I'm not, I've built up that goodwill. I've got a lot of credits in my relational capital bank. Uh, is, you know, and now I'm going to start. So that's somewhere. what I do. That's what I do is like, so we send, uh, we have the podcast and the newsletter and we do a very little bit of selling in there. There's a couple call to actions for like the book and other stuff, but I am just trying to make this newsletter and this podcast as valuable as humanly possible for when we do have a big ask, it, it, it resonates and it makes sense and people will take action. And uh, from a learning from a Brian Kurtz and I see Jeff Walker does this as well on the guru side, it, they they essentially just said one email a week and they do a really good job. It's like reading a small little book once a week, essentially. And um, I try to do that with my newsletter. I try to do that with my podcast. I wanted someone to sit down because uh, most likely they're not driving anywhere. They're either working or they have their own time and freedom or they're going on their walk. They're listening to me, having that time in that space. I'm trying to make that as special as humanly possible with as many nuggets and they're like racing home to write it, write it down or whatever it is that they're doing. But uh, that... Do you see that a lot on the uh, the coaching consultant side as well, like that one solid email? Or would you do, uh, and I, there's ways, you could do this a thousand different ways. And uh, if you have an answer, great, let me know. But like my thought process is just to add as much value as possible. So when I do have an ask, it makes sense for them. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know, I think the, it, it, it kind of boils down to though, like how many, how many compelling things do you really, do you have to say? And so if you do have, so this is kind of what I was thinking about Korzakowski, like he makes me laugh like three out of five days in the morning when I open his email, he's saying something. And so like from, so that's not too much. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know that. But if, but yeah, exactly. But if it was, if it's just boring or, um, or a, I don't even mind being pitched. I mean, I'm, maybe that's like my own sickness as a marketer because I like all marketers. Okay, so I drive my wife yeah. absolutely insane. Like someone will come to the door and they'll be like pitching me and I'll go through the whole process. She's like, why do you do that? I'm like, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> like maybe he's got right. clothes that I don't know. Maybe he's got something. Right. That so uh, yep. but you're not alone there, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, you know, and, and I think that there's also like, you, you, you know, it's kind of like, what's the season of the business as well? Like if you know you've got, let's say some... Um, you know, a couple of new products getting launched or something like that, using your content and value emails, like is as a way to either reshape or influence like their, their identity uh, leading up to this re reframe the problem that, you know, you're, yeah. that you're eventually going to address it. The vehicle that they're yeah. currently using. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, so I think there's times and places and, and, and there's something I, I would, it's hard to say whether am I in the camp of you want to send your email every Saturday, you know, it's like every Saturday morning, everyone knows they know what to expect and they're looking for it every Saturday morning. I do like that. I find I consume more stuff that's on a consistent basis like that. Yeah. Or people who just, it could be kind of any, you know, any time, like it, it keeps you on your toes a little bit, but again, it all, it like some, some of those smaller um, nuances, I think, are kind of like testing button color. It's more like, do you have something important to say that's yes. for where I'm at in my journey related to whatever it is you're you know offering? 
hundred uh, percent. And and it goes down to like any content that you create as well. Someone was asking me, they're like, well, how did you, how'd you write the book? I was like, I took all of my most valuable ideas and I wrote them all down and I put the ones that made sense into the book. <laughs> like I made sure that the book was valuable, just like the content of the podcast and the newsletter. I want someone to read this and be like, wow, this is a lot uh, of value here. I need to write these things down and how do I get it organized? One thing I do find is that click, my open rate is massive. We're like 60, 70% open rate. Click-through rate, very small. But every I put everything in the email. So there, I had this idea. And me, we can talk about this, it's kind of interesting. Is that like, you know, like SEO, you have like time on site. I was thinking about like emails, like time on email. So when you open an email and you spend time reading that email, the like Google, for example, must identify that and give you some sort of priority and so I put everything inside the email. You don't necessarily have to click. So the clicks I do get are valuable because they're very action driven, but I give everything up front because I know my people are busy. They're not trying to click through something and go to a webinar and do all this other stuff. They're just like, give me, give me the juice. What, how can this benefit me now? Perfect, perfect. And then then go. So I, I do face the low click through rate, but I don't think that's a huge problem in the long game because I am giving them the value inside the email. Have you heard of that concept of like time and email? It's just something that I came up with. I don't know. If it makes I've, sense. I, I mean, I've, I've, cons I've considered it. I don't think that's something that can be tracked as far as I'm aware. Um, if anyone's listening and wants to correct me on that, then, then great. It's not a, sure. uh, well, I have no idea. I've been in this business for quite some time, but I just thought of like, because uh, one of we were doing some SEO on the site and they're like, wow, our time on site is amazing. It's like four or five minutes. And I was like, oh, is that have a big impact on the SEO? And they're like, yeah, it has a big impact. I was like, I wonder if the same is for email. Yeah, I, I again, not not that I'm aware of. I mean, I know that clicks yeah. and selves are important just mm -hmm. to signify, obviously, engagement and tells the inbox provider that this is like a welcome uh, you know, sender in, in your inbox. So then my providers hate me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, you know, I mean, you got to Like, this is what we talked about though. They're there. You got to kind of optimize for your desired result. And, and, and so it's a matter of like, once you have enough data to, to kind of look and see like just net number of subscribers that you came in had come in and net number of people who've moved to a next step in the funnel. Like, is that, where does that match up with where you need to be? economically yeah. but also where you suspect it should be and stuff like that i'm still so new in in our journey here that like the engagement is through roof like i use uh, substack have you ever seen behind the scenes there mm -hmm. so they give everybody a star of how engaged they are about how many emails they open how many click like my average person has four stars out of five so when somebody comes into my world they consume a lot of content and that's valuable now they don't seem to click my links to buy my books and my stuff but they are finding me other ways. So they're going to Google and they're searching. So I'm going to start putting some stuff there to capture some of that. But it, it's, uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong by over delivering that value is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Sorry about that. Knock something over. Um, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with over delivering value, especially when it comes to your readers. And it, it like, I try not to overthink it. I'm just like, what would I consider a lot of value? And then I double that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I will tell you for a contrasting view, I will tell you that I generally am in the other camp of wanting to, to really seeing the email as, and, and again, it is different with selling information and services than it is with selling physical products. But generally I want to 
it's kind of like the idea of micro commitments. You get someone to click over. So that's like, uh, they've, you know, behaviorally demonstrated something. Um, and, and, and really like philosophically seeing email as a bridge between a user who was not thinking about your brand, mm -hmm. who is, and, and we, the email is the bridge or SMS or direct mail and to, to your website, which should then they should be taken to, you know, some, you know, whatever page is going to continue that conversation. And, and so like the way I kind of think about it and explain it to clients is nothing, like nothing good can happen. And really until, <laughs> until someone's on your website, now that is with physical products. And I think it is different because, yeah. because of the nature of, of your brand. Um, but I, but I would yeah. also say you that would be a great thing to test. Yeah. So in like, how I look at it is I have my short form and then I have my long form, right? The short form gets the attention and then someone goes deep with me, listens to a bunch of podcasts. Then I'll post on social and I'll do like a social launch in front of everybody and build it and then they buy. Yeah. And, then, and, and it's not even, I don't even have it figured out. I didn't plan it that way. It's just like seems to be happening that way. So because I was really focused on my, like if you look at my email numbers, you're like, well, they're not, that's not working. But that's not true because it is developing relationships and it is buying down the way. And I do think it is industry specific. Like e-commerce, you want to be driving sales. Like <laughs> if you're not, if you're selling like a, a physical product and you're not generating sales or email, there's a problem and your SMS and all that stuff. And I think that's where that's where you're talking about. I would I would like to send more. Um, and I'm in the process of setting this up, but more aggressive emails for the book. But I still want someone to opt in before I, I do that. I don't want to hammer them with stuff until they've raised their hand. And, yeah, you know, yeah that's that makes sense. Anyways, man, turn this into a consultation for me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. All right. Uh, I got one more question for you. Then we can do some rapid fire. And we can wrap it up. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So email has been around since the dawn of internet, essentially. What type of trends are you seeing and should our listeners pay attention to? When thinking about email and their business, are you seeing any particular trends right now? I, you know, I mean, the not sexy answer is that 95% of brands and businesses, and I, that is a completely not unscientific uh, 99% right of all facts are made up anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But they aren't doing the basic stuff that, it, it, you know, ha the message isn't dialed in. Well, yep. not sending consistently, not segmenting, not talking to people based on their behavior. So none of that, like, I, I think there is this, this pull and this attraction towards um, what's new and what's the shiny ball and, and what's the, you know, what's everyone talking about on social media and stuff when yep. a lot of times that's just noise and distraction. Um, yep. If you're running a nine figure company, when you've got, you know, a million, two million subscribers and you're looking for ways where incremental growth actually translates to, uh, you know, big bottom line numbers, then, then getting into some of these like hyper advanced methods could, you know, could definitely, um, move the needle. But for, I mean, just the overwhelming majority of brands, it's just, it, it's not about, I don't even really think it is about keeping up with the trends in email marketing. A lot of what I was doing yeah. in 2013 still works today. And it goes down to it's it, the, the copy. Like, are, do I understand who I'm talking to? Yep. Am I finding some point of agreement? Like we already discussed here earlier. Am I finding some point of agreement to come together on and then bridging that towards 
wherever I'm trying to lead them, either from a knowledge standpoint or a transactional standpoint. That's well said, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. And, you know, but what about the guy that's in the the Facebook group saying, email is dead. <laughs> SEO is dead. It's all dying. He's got it's, something to sell you. He's got something <laughs> to sell you. That's it. Not itself. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to completely dismiss, uh, you know, overall, like kind of industry developments and stuff like that. I mean, definitely there's like, but just saying you don't want to spend all your time trying to think about what's the, the future of the future of email is now. And, and what it has been is connecting with people in their inbox and offering some value and a way for them to give you money in exchange for that. What I mentioned in the book is like the right person or the right offer at the right time. And that's, you know, if you can make that happen, conversion will happen at that place, that moment in that time. Now, one, one thing I'll say, so, so just like, so that I'm not just copping out on that, on that answer. So I like, sure. to, um, definitely like, you know, Clavio, active campaign, those would be like two of the, like they have. What about, uh, I got one. I can throw a curveball at you. What about AI in that mix? So, well, first we'll talk about that in a second. So first I would just <laughs> say like getting, you know, subscribing to their emails, looking at their training centers and stuff like that. They're going to, these companies are work with hundred, you know, Clavio just went public has 130,000 brands that work with them. Insane. They've got a lot of data. They, they, and they want people to be successful with their platform so that they, they stay subscribed to their platform. And so their, their training is very robust and, and it's going to tell you a lot of the, um, you know, the stuff that you need to know to be not at the cutting edge, but close to it. So that would be, you know, definitely just doing that, subscribing to other, like if you're in, if you're an e-com brand subscribing to, you know, top e-com brands and also mid-tier e-com brands and, you know, and just seeing what other people are doing, you don't really have the benefit of seeing the data to really know how it works, but yeah. you could one six, what one clue that success leaves is repetition. So if someone, for example, runs a giveaway, if a brand runs a giveaway in February, and then you see that happening again in April, well, you <laughs> could make, make, make a, a reasonable guess that it was successful the first time it ran. And so that yeah. if you're, you know, so it'd be something that you could then try out. Um, you know, for me, we're looking, you know, we're sending hundreds of campaigns a month. So I'm just see, I'm just looking yeah. at data constantly. And I'm like, oh, wow, interesting. And we talked about the plain text thing. So, so that would be, you know, a trend in email marketing. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, is there a way you can zig, zig when everyone else is zagging and, uh, yes. and plain text is a way to do that. And all, oftentimes like disarming plain text where I'm not like, you won't believe this is the greatest product to, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's all like caps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, like I've literally, I, we I wrote an email that was two sentences. Yes. Yeah, two sentences. This is at the beginning of this month. And it plain text and it, it it more or less just said, we've in case you missed it, we just released this product and we think it would be great for ABC reason, but very non-hypey language and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh and and two two sentences, just as simple as as, as that email generated seventy five thousand dollars. Now you could say, well, you know, just from one cent, like so what was this the Email, well, it had something to do with it. Obviously, it's a great product. It's a big list. So so there are other things in play. There is no one success thing that works in yeah. isolation. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. but but the plain text is can really be kind of a sleeper. So I would I would definitely yeah. no, I like that. I like that. I was just curious if you saw any other trends and things that were happening. You've already delivered so much value in this. 
Uh, let's wrap it up here. I got some rapid questions for you, and then we can tell the people where to find you and what's going on. Uh, okay, what's your favorite email marketing tool? Clavio, dot a dot. You love Clavio. Yeah, I've uh, been. I've worked in so many different ESPs, but Clavio. I, I mean, it's shocking to me when I go. You know, sometimes I migrate brands over from other ones or something like that, and it's shocking to me how little insight you get on like your list and its behavior and stuff like that and anywhere else. And I'm, I mean, I, I'm a numbers guy, like to the core. And so being, being able to slice and dice all these different segments and, and do, you know, all the ways that they can let you manipulate the list to find groups of people that you can connect and offer a message to. It's just, I mean, it's exciting. I get pumped up. Uh, <laughs> I, so I love, like, I love spending a lot of time in there. All right. Long form or short form emails? Depends, but I would say I'm hedging more towards uh, short form these days, but ultimately a high, you know, a hybrid. Love it. Um, you, have to, you, have to, you have to be able, unless, unless the offer speaks for itself, like you're, you know, a, a well-known product that's 50% off today. And then what else do you have to say? Uh, yeah. And aside from that, you need to like basically tell people what's up, why they should care and what to do. And that is you know, you need a little space to do that. Yeah, definitely. If they already know, trust and like you, the short is good. Yeah. If you need to do some explained and long forms a bit better. What is the best time of day to send emails? That depends as well on the brand. I, I say you want to think about like the average, the cadence of your average subscribers day. And also mm -hmm. what are you, um, you know, what are you sending? Like, wh what are you trying to get them to do? You know, so like, for example, if, if I had a huge, like a really long piece of content that was super valuable that I wanted people to consume what I said, and, and I knew that I like everybody was, uh, you know, busy professionals, would I send that on a Monday morning? Not if I wanted anyone to read it, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Would I send it on a Saturday night? Once again, not if I wanted, you know, like yeah. not if I wanted anyone to read it. I mean, so there are times I think that. Uh, but, but generally I like to send, if I, if, if you're going to, uh, you know, pin me down for, for an answer, I, I, <laughs> like, I, I tend to see the best performance, like 9 30 AM. I like that people have settled into their morning and now they're looking for a distraction or, yeah. uh, more like four ish PM after they're done work, they're, they're either like coasting through the end of their day. Like, I mean, most people they're already done with their day. Yeah. Or they're like when they get home or, or whatever, if they're depending who you're selling to, they're taking the train home. They're doing, yeah. you, you never know. Um, oh, it makes sense, man. It makes sense. Uh, personalized tags, yay or nay? Sometimes, but I don't think it matters nearly as much as um, people might think, unless you use them creatively. So, so if it's just like, does it matter whether I say, hey, Zach, it's Doug here, like at the beginning of an email? I don't, I, I don't think so. I've never found any conclusive data to, to say that. But if I, if I was kind of using it, like, let's say I was, I had, I had your birthday and I was sending you like a birthday email or something like that. And, and yep. like a client sells premium cakes and baked goods and stuff like that. So I might say something I have, I didn't actually do this in their email, but maybe I should, um, like talking <laughs> through it and, and, and basically, uh, you know, in the subject line, maybe you would, uh, person, you know, do the first name tag apostrophe yes birthday. So it's Zach's R E Zach's birthday or forward Zach's birthday. You yeah. know something like that where they or 
even possibly inserting it into an unsuspecting place in the copy where, but just like the, the, the regular old, like, Hey, you know, Hey Zach, just at, at this point, it's like the more aware the market is, the less your little tricks work. You yeah. Know I don't even use them. I just collect email now and I just send it as, as that I'll get to know their name when they buy from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, uh, one word that describes the future of email marketing. This is a super loaded question. What's one word that comes to mind? I would say lucrative. Lucrative. Love it. Doug, yeah. thank you very much for coming on. You've added so much value today. Where can the people find you and what are you working on, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me at zenmoonmedia.com and that's that has uh, all the information on on our retention agency and also you can follow me on Twitter at DougVanBuskirk.com. I'm just like, I've never been a social media guy, just getting my just getting my Twitter game going. Um, X but it's now and yeah. it's, <laughs> I like you know, or X. Yeah, sorry. I'm, <laughs> it's changed by since you right. got on, the whole thing has changed. I know exactly. <laughs> I couldn't believe you changed the name just for me. But yeah. you know, <laughs> Doug, I appreciate you, brother. I'll put all the links in the show notes, man, so that people know where to find you. Again, thank you very much for coming on. This was awesome, man. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome, my friend. All right, cheers. Wow. All I have to say is, wow, that episode felt so good to record and bring to you. Hopefully you felt the energy and the chemistry between Doug and I. Uh, we're, we're just throwing all these ideas out there and really dissecting what makes sense in email today. Uh, it felt so good to record this episode with him. It, he's a friend of mine. It was an absolute pleasure. I highly, highly recommend you check out Zen Moon Media. There's also a link to his uh, to a case study where he's helped make somebody a lot of money. If you're even thinking about email, you want to think of Doug. He's going to help you out. And of course, if you want to have us get better and bigger guests on this show, please take a second to rate and subscribe and comment down below. Let me know what your favorite part is. Let's get engaged. Let's build this community. The more people that we reach, the better guests we can have and the more value you get in your life. So I appreciate you being here. And as always, I'll see you in the next one. Peace.